Hey, everybody. Hope uh, hope everybody's having the best week ever. Uh, this show is brought to you by our buddies over at Apex Pro. Uh, and uh, check them out at, uh, at uh, apextrackcoach.com. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of new things coming out, uh, hardware and software wise, through them. Uh, and uh, yeah, give the uh, give the website a look. Um, Apex Pro is uh, only supported on iOS, so you got to steal your mom's iPhone if you're an Android dork like me. But uh, it's really really cool, unintimidating, and uh, and kind of intuitive as far as the uh, the in car display, etc. So check out apextrackcoach.com. We're gonna have Andrew on the show sh- shortly. And I also really, really want to thank uh, our Patreon sub- sub- uh, subscribers, uh, patrons, whatever you call them. We love that. Thank you guys so much. Uh, you guys are helping uh, basically make uh, the website and probably get some travel uh, out of some of this bucks uh, so that we can get Abe and myself down to do cool interviews and get Derek up here and things like that. So. I hope to produce uh, more cool shows and uh, really appreciate it. If you can search Slip Angle and Patreon in the Google search, it should pop up first thing. Uh, And really, really appreciate all the uh, listeners, regardless of their commitment level monetarily. And uh, you guys, uh, you guys are all the best. So on with the show. Hi, Adam. Hi, Abe. Are you recording a show? I'm recording a show. Oh, we're in the worst possible place. <laughs> um, before we get into our complaining, <laughs> thanks to our Patreon subscribers and our friends, and who else should we thank for this show? Apex Pro? Yeah, we should thank Apex Pro. Uh, we'll talk about them later, but thank them right now. So, uh, Yeah, thanks to all our Patreon subscribers, uh, Google, Patreon, and Slip Angle in the same Google and you'll find it. So you know if uh, if we get about a thousand more Patreon subscribers, maybe we can have heat in the RV. Shut up! No, we oh. only like, we only need like fifteen more for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey so. Adam, what else did we Google today? <laughs> uh, s- frozen trailer brakes or frozen air brakes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're we're heading towards Super Lap Battle slash GLTC Coda Special at Circuit of the Americas, um, and it's. It's chilly. Uh, it's like eight degrees outside, and we are currently driving my giant RV in conditions it was not really designed for. So um, eight degrees outside, fifteen degrees in the RV. No, it's not. It's like fifty in here. <laughs> Everyone that's not driving is inside a sleeping bag. <laughs> <laughs> I have two pairs of pants, two socks, and foot warmers. And I, I have chop top PTSD. Like like if I was saying I was saying to Cone earlier before we picked up Abe, we just picked up Abe in the middle of Illinois. Um, I was saying to Cone earlier, like if we were like in a garage working on a car, this would be like great. But we're sitting still, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the coldest living room ever. Um, yeah, so this RV has the um, this has the radiator in the front and the engines in the back. It's the only diesel pusher I've ever seen with a radiator up front. And so it's got like thirty five feet of coolant line, and it's like two and a half inch diameter coolant line. And so the heat right now is not warm because it has like it, it has like 35 gallons of radiator <laughs> and it's like 8 degrees outside. It's keeping up with it at the engine. It says 180 degrees on the uh, gauge. But it's kind of chilly up front. The air coming out is probably like 50. Um, and the heater this thing uses the air conditioners as heat pumps. And it's not all that effective you when it's You don't have 8 like degrees. a proper furnace? I do, but uh, it does not work yet. So I haven't had the need, and I don't. Anti- I didn't anticipate the need until this trip to use that. So, hey, but it's usually eighty degrees when we're in this yeah. thing at a race. We've never so. had this problem. I didn't. It, like when when it was uh, when it was a little bit colder. I forget which event. I think it was October. We had the heat pumps on, and it was like it got smoking in here. Like it got hot, but it, they just can't keep up because we've got giant glass windows and like inch and a half thick walls, and it's. I'm eight, trying to decide if the heat degrees. being on is actually worse because it's. I think it's kind of like a windshield problem. Uh, yeah, I I know. We need to you need to aim them away from yourself. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're very cold, and we're probably going to be cold for like ten more hours. 
at least. Uh, and then we're going to drive into nice, beautiful, 75-degree Texas. So um, so how was your trip over to where we met you, Abe? I'll Brisk. tell you about ours in a minute. <laughs> it was uh, bad. We had a bad day. Last night, you were super worried about me being on time. I wasn't get... super worried. Abe. Yeah, you were like, can you leave work early? Well, I just asked if you could leave work early, because if you could, I would say, hey, Abe, do that. But now I'm glad that you couldn't. <laughs> so uh, I left... Uh, I, like, stayed extra and talked to a few people. Right. I left, like, uh, 4.45, and I got here at, what, 6? No, it was, like, 5.50. Okay. So with the time zone, I made, I don't know, I made good time. A couple hours. Um, Truck drivers on 70 are not very considerate. No? I I was behind, like, semi-trucks trying to pass each other at, like 20 miles an hour below the speed limit. Yeah, that that's a normal thing on a two-lane highway. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, that's no fun. Well, we were late. We were supposed to be an hour early, which would have been fine. We would have gone shopping and gassed up the RV or fueled up the RV, whatever you call it, with diesel. Um, but we had, we had a pretty substantial snowstorm in Chicago last night, and so I had to spend about two hours shoveling. I had to spend 45 minutes running my wife, her computer, to work because she forgot it. Um, and so I didn't get up. I was going up to the Gridlife office today to pick up the trailer, or to get the trailer full of stuff and to get a cone. That's um, me. And uh, hi, Mike. Hi. And uh, you have a microphone? Yep. Okay, I can't see. It's dark. Uh, so, we, so I picked up cone, but instead of like 9.30, it was like 11. Um and it and I'd already like snow blowed like two lots in my parents' yard and like all these people that I take care of their life I had to take care of their life today, um, and then we get back down to South Holland and we hook up the RV we pull it out of the nice warm shop it's been there all all year and uh, everything's everything's great right like no problems we drive a couple miles to my house after we hook it up to the trailer and we pick up uh, Justin and Vanessa. Who are behind us? Hi guys! Not talking. They're Instagramming. Uh, go fast or suck in Black Flag Media. So we have them behind us, and and then I take a quick shower. The RV is just idling in front of the house for like 15 minutes after we loaded up a few things in my house, and then I go to hit the air brakes. The maxi brakes are on for parking, and they won't. And I look at the air pressure, and it's like 40 psi. It's supposed to be at 90. Uh, and the air brakes basically have to stay on if it drops too low. That's like the fail-safe. And so we're like, well, that's never happened before. Uh, and uh, so we revved it up in, in neutral for a while, and it got it above where we could use the threshold. Uh, it crossed the threshold where we could push the air brakes in. And um, we start driving. We go towards the Walmart to fill up with fuel. Uh, we're sitting worried and stressed at the Walmart. I'm calling people I, that know about trucks and semis because basically this has got a semi truck air brake system. So who's uh, your go-to semi truck guy? Uh, Mr. Paulie Bolts at uh, Precision Truck and uh, Precision Truck and I forget what the actual Precision Trucking I think is what uh, it's Precision Truck and yes. Truck right? Perci- I, I was going to say Precision Turbo and Truck, but that's the company in uh, Phoenix that we used to have rebuilt turbos. Uh, but uh, I called Paul, and he he was like, I don't know. It sounds like you might have a frozen line or you might have a frozen air dryer. Uh, so I kind of suspected a frozen air dryer because uh, the, these things basically run on a pump that is driven off the engine all the time, and it's like a tiny little air compressor, and the pistons are always going up and down. Um, and it's got an air dryer to take the water out of the system. So that it doesn't rust. So it doesn't rust and so it doesn't freeze. Sure. Um well, guess what? <laughs> so, but there's also a lot of components in this system. There's tanks, there's the wheel cylinders, there's all kinds of things. And there's like literally 100 feet of line. And it's like three-eighths compression line. It's big. Uh, but then we're sitting in the Walmart parking lot waiting for the slowest semi-truck ever to stop filling up. And then all of a sudden, the air brakes are working fine. Like the pressure builds perfectly. Everything's fine. And we're like, oh, yeah, sweet. It must have thawed out. And so we fill it up and like life is good and we get on the highway and then all of a sudden nope <laughs> the air pressure starts dropping it's still below the it's still above the threshold where the maxis come on but um it was concerning and so we pulled into another walmart about a half an hour south and then it's like low uh so we walk into the walmart and we're like all right what do we buy to warm it up and so we bought a hair dryer 
uh, and I started like warming things up with a hairdryer, but it was so cold and so windy. It was like 15 degrees and windy in the parking lot. Nothing's working. So I'm like, well, let's just try to get it going again. Revved it up in neutral and uh, got the air above the threshold and off we go. And it's sitting at like 60, 65. I'm like, well, I guess this is our life now until it's warm again. Um, I'm talking to Polly. I'm talking to my dad. And uh, and then all of a sudden the air goes to 150 PSI. <laughs> We're like, well, there's a new symptom. <laughs> and, and there's really no like red line on here because I guess it turns out after reading that there's a bunch of like pop-off valves that like blow off at 150 PSI. Um, when they work. Well, they worked, so they were blowing off, and um, I got Mike's looking at the. We have like a 900-page Bible of this vehicle, Spartan chassis. It's got like the manual for every component, like the air brakes, the axles, the trans. You can rebuild the trans from that. It's got all the specs, part numbers, everything. Sick. It's pretty cool. It's like having Google, only it weighs 40 pounds. It's the biggest Google ever. And uh, I'm talking to Paulie, and he's like, "Well, it sounds like your governor, your air governor, is broken." And I had never heard of an air governor, but it turns out there's this little standalone thing that has three lines going to it that, like, one comes off of the tank, one goes back to the head on top of the compressor, and the compressor's, like, on the engine, so it's staying warm. And it's got this thing that, when it's uh, at the top, basically it opens and shuts the ability for it to actually pressurize things. And so it should go between 100 and 125 PSI. Um, so it just kicks on, it kicks off. Uh, it's super fail-safe, super simple. There's no electrics going to it or anything. Um, and it turns out, like, every air system, he's like, no, they're all pretty much universal. Um, so just find a truck supply place, and they'll probably have one. And so we go to a Love's truck stop, and this thing is, uh, uh, they're basically a tire change shop. And it was super cold in there. And we're starting to get cold. Uh, we're standing around in the cold. Uh, I'm underneath, like, hitting stuff, blowtorching things, trying to get things to go. Uh, I found all the pop-off valves, and I pushed them back in because they were just, like, popped open. Oh, I see. Um, but we were, you know, we were able to go, which is okay. But then I started Googling when I went into Love's, and there's a, what was it? Uh, do you remember the name of that place? Something Pride? Uh, trailer Pride? Trailer I, Pride, I think. Something. I don't know. Bus but, parts? Yeah. It was like a truck part place, and it was like a quarter mile down the road. And these were the nicest, smartest dudes. They had a brand-new Bendix air governor in stock it's 30 dollars sick this is like this big cast iron thing with like a valve in it basically it was 30 bucks uh and so i went outside and i located it underneath the rv turns out super easy to get to uh all the lines are stainless steel teflon uh so like nothing broke when i took it apart it was all compression fittings and stuff i pull it out uh i i stood in their nice warm showroom uh, at the t- at the table, using their tools to like break this thing apart, and I swapped all the fittings. Uh, he sold me some PTFE tape because I didn't want to dig around for it, even though I know I have some. And uh, we fixed it, and it was pretty harrowing and super cold and sucked. Well, right now the air brakes are good, <laughs> so. And our next problem is we're cold as hell. <laughs> so yeah, everybody's and we're just sleeping fixing bag. that by body heat. Yeah, pretty soon we're all gonna cuddle. Abe's gonna sit on my lap. He gets to do the brakes. Cone's going to sit on my knee. He gets to do the gas. <laughs> we're all going to snuggle together. We're but, uh, we're sitting bench style up front yeah. with the largest view of the road Isn't ever. It a, it's a, have you ever been in an RV like this or no? Uh, not not really, no. This, this is a Class A for people listening. It's a 38-foot uh, Spartan chassis. It's called a Euro Premier, but basically it just looks like a coach bus. Uh, the windshield is five feet or four feet tall and like uh, eight feet wide. And it's only a single layer of glass, so it's like a giant, it's a giant popsicle right in front of us. Awesome. Um, yeah, so it's pretty cold. And there's not a lot of insulation in front of my feet. And basically, I can kick the front of the bus right here. It's like right there. <laughs> uh, and so my feet were struggling until Abe bought me some foot warmers. So I'll have to pay Abe back for that. I but. bought, uh, I did not like remember to bring a sleeping bag, so I stopped at Walmart because I beat the guys here. And I bought an eighteen dollars sleeping bag. And but you I said it was sixteen dollars. Oh, it was sixteen dollars plus tax, probably. <laughs> yeah, I bought I bought bourbon and a sleeping bag, so I'm in good shape. <laughs> set, <laughs> set. Yeah, totally set. Uh, so on the way down, we were talking. We Cone was comparing this to Chop Top Challenge, 
which is something that we haven't talked about a lot on the show. Uh, I think yeah. just once before. Yeah, a little bit, but not. But that was a long time ago too, a couple years ago. Yeah, but uh, um, I'm in um, pro chop top seating position right now, so yeah. I'm fully in the sleeping bag. <laughs> Uh, Explain to people what the Chop Top Challenge is, actually. It's a bunch of idiots that take perfectly good cars and cut the roofs off of them. Roof and windshield. And then uh, it's cross-country scavenger hunt. Like, kind of road rally style. Road rally style. And it it, it has always started from Chicago in March. Correct. uh, Which is typically cold. This year. Uh, yeah, so we have a new overlord this year. What's what's the details this year? Where are you going? Uh, Louisville to Key West. A little That's bit, a little bit nicer. A little bit nicer. So, I, I would say this is a beginner route. You know, coming from four year veteran. So this will be our fifth year as uh, TTR, Torque Team Racing. Yeah. What uh, what have you guys used previously as chop tops? Uh, first year was a 2004 Ford Freestar van. Um, Everybody remembers the freestyle, right, Abe? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to remember it forever. It's tattooed on my arm. <laughs> I literally couldn't picture a freestyle. If you're like, <laughs> if, if if Nazis had uh, had my family at gunpoint, I couldn't draw a freestyle. <laughs> like, I, I couldn't pay. If you, if you debadged them and, like, put it with every other minivan, nope. It, Dead family. <laughs> it's the most beige of of minivans. Yeah, it's it's a minivan, but... Uh, we used that for one year. I remember then, that thing had like the worst roll cage ever. Oh yeah, it was like it was like conduit it, piping. Yeah, it was like industrial conduit, right? Yeah, it was really nice. bad. It's really bad. It, it actually broke on the way down. It snapped off one of the mounting points. Yeah, that's well, the, that's what yeah. you want in a roll cage. Yeah. I was yeah. gonna say that's the mark of a great weld. Perfectly safe. Um, uh, yeah, and then we used that for one year, and then we traded up big time. What did you do with it? Uh, we sold it to another team. Did they use it? Yes, okay. they used it year two. Um, and then we traded up to baller status on a '89 Cadillac limo. Love it's so that big. limo. Yeah, it's so big. So we used that for two years, and then traded up again and got a, a what was that S500 AMG? Nice. <laughs> or it was like an O1 S55. O2. Either one of those. Yeah, a really fast Mercedes from the early 2000s. Yeah. Bought uh, it for two grand because it had so many problems. Yeah. Um, you, you've got some decent mechanics on your team, too. Yeah, Fong, Fong is what keeps TTR on Chop Top. We've talked about Fong before um, on the show a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's really the only reason why we're still a team and why we still can do this yeah. is because he knows how to fix everything. Yeah, he's a good mechanic. He's also... Um, the wildest drunk. <laughs> uh, the next thing, not wild. He's just interesting because he like drinks a bunch once in a while, and when he does, like there's a threshold where he's like coherent and like wrenching on a car. Yep. And then it'll be like a one second. It's it's like a. It's like flipping a switch. Yeah, right? it's a switch, and like all of a sudden he's passed out. Like yeah, under, like, underneath a spec yeah, fit, I think on a grid life live stream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like it would, like we're like oh shh. Oh, is he okay? <laughs> because he's like wrenching, 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 then funk <laughs> out, dragged out by his feet from underneath a, a spec fit. Um, yeah, that man has a strange threshold. It's a real fine line for him. Yeah, but uh, really, some we've had some crazy uh, on the road fixes that he's just nailed. So um, uh, you were telling the story of the the Cadillac limo. Um, I. Tall Kyle and I like put a cage in that thing, and then year two, I welded some straight tubes in it between the two. We basically did two roll hoops, right? And then I welded some straight tubing in about a foot up because it was bending in half, right? Yeah, it was twisting. <laughs> uh, that might be because you at one point had like forty people inside the limo. That yeah. too. That yeah. too. It always comes to Honda um, Meet in some grid lives and becomes like a a party barge after hours. Yeah, I was uh, also rock crawling it through the Las Vegas desert. Yeah, so that happened. You you told us the story earlier about the uh, getting stuck in the desert. Yeah. How did that happen? We uh, so thanks to the brilliant mind of Joe Joe Wilcox. Um, there was a one of the founders and one of the people that builds the scavenger hunt and longtime O seventy five friend. Yeah, yeah, buddy of ours. Um, so one of the chop top checkpoints was way out in the desert. This thing called double negative, um, kind of like a, a geographical art installation. 
that some guy dug out of the side of a cliff face. So went out there to get the points, made it out there. So you're in the desert in a giant limo without a roof. Yep, having yeah. a great time. As you will. Yeah. And how, how many miles off of a regular road do you think you were? I can't remember, but it, it must have been five miles, seven miles. <laughs> Into the desert. Yeah. <laughs> in a limo. <laughs> something that was not on street tires. Um, something that was not made to be out there. No, it was like on old street tires, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, very old. Like limo tires. <laughs> smooth, so, smooth riding, like, yeah. So we realize we're getting close to the finish line deadline. So if you don't make it to the finish line on time, you lose all your points. Uh, so we turn around, try and find a quicker way out. The quicker way out uh, turns into a rock face, steep rock face down. You so could, we go for plant, uh, Route B. You couldn't take that with the limo? No, it was like straight <laughs> down and like boulders. Yeah. So go a different way. Uh, we see rain coming. So I'm trying to get out of the desert as quick as I can. So I end up rally staging it basically through the desert. <laughs> like like high speed? <laughs> high speed yeah. uh, for sand. How close do you think you got to the road? Um, we weren't that far off. Uh, basically, there was a little, little down, little up, so a little gully or a little ditch that we had to go through. Yeah. Had had we made it through that, we would have been free and clear. Right. Um, but the rain had gotten there first, so buried the car in the sand up to the diff. We tr- <laughs> we took everything that we had in that vehicle out to try and get us out. So. Frisbee to use as a shovel, uh, oh, sounds so carpet terrible. to try and get some traction, anything. Uh, nothing worked. We were stuck there. We ended up watching the award ceremony yeah. on Facebook Live. <laughs> you <laughs> can't get out, but you can watch Facebook Live. Yep. So, uh, yeah, how did you end up getting out? We, we tried to dig, we tried to dig, and then we called the state police. They were really of no help because we weren't in, like, immediate danger. Right. Uh, but <laughs> the, the the trooper that was on the phone was like, oh, I know this guy who goes off-roading all the time. Here's the number to his shop. So we called the shop. The guy's not there or his his truck was broke. So it's like, oh, my, my buddy. My buddy goes out there a lot, too. You can call him. He's got a big old dually. So call fucking Joe Dooley. He's just calling dude. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, I, I can make it out there. So we give him our coordinates. <laughs> and he finds us. <laughs> like, you gave him, like, a GPS coordinate? Uh, I think to this day, his phone number is still written on the side of the limo on the styrofoam yeah. foam. That's or the awesome. spray foam. So he he had a hard time taking us out, but he pulled us out. Uh, he tugged us about two or 300 yards and dropped us right on the street. What a good dude, man. Yeah. You were, you were real close to the road, huh? We were close. Yeah. Um, and then the kicker was... So, I, I asked you earlier, but, like, when a giant dually, like, off-road buddy shows up and sees a bunch of shitheads in a limo with no roof <laughs> in, oh, the, in the also, desert Also in the blasting rain. Ace of Base by that time. <laughs> How, like, what is, what is, like, Jim... What, what do- does Joe Dooley yeah, say? Yeah, what does Joe Dooley say? Like, uh, it was... It was a big old head scratching and uh, what is going on? So we kind of ex- explained the story. Like, where are the bodies? Like <laughs> uh, we gave him all the cash that we had on him. So it was like 120, 150 bucks or something to pull us out. Um, and there's four of you, too. Yeah, there's four and of the us. Only, <laughs> poor, the poor guy only got 100 bucks. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah, one, one of which was in an evil Knievel jumpsuit. So that looks even better. <laughs> Alex is in the jumpsuit. Yep. <laughs> I bet you that dude has spun that story into the best story. I, I like, would love to hear how he tells yeah, it. Yeah, can you imagine how after like two years, how he's like, so this one time, <laughs> this guy, I don't know where they got my number. I think it was from Jim, the state trooper, who gave it to somebody else. And <laughs> this one guy's in an evil Knievel suit. <laughs> Limo, no roof. Ace of face. It's raining. <laughs> So yeah, uh, that is one bizarre yeah. scenario to wheel up on in your dually. Yeah. So uh, after the fact, 
we realized that had we gone the opposite direction of where we went, we would have been able to just drive out of there. Right. So. So uh, what? So actually, like the the layout of the competition, as it will, like what? It's actually sort of a competition, the road rally. It's very much competition. Like how it's, does it, how does that work? A lot of people have never done a road rally before. Like, so what is that? Uh, there's there's a term for what kind of uh, competition it is, and I it's I forget it at this point. But it's like a scavenger. Yeah. Um, so it's an A to B, and the direct route A to B cities right. are lower point values. Okay. The farther you go out of your way to get something, the higher the point value is. Oh, okay. Didn't you um, guys go to like Milwaukee one time? Yeah, to I think go south. The first couple of years, our first stop was Milwaukee. To <laughs> go north to go south. Yeah, which is Algonquin for the good land. <laughs> um, and actually, I think it was the year we went to Vegas that ended up saving us because we were the only team that didn't hit snow. Oh, really? Yeah, because we went north and missed it. Yeah, it, it blew by you already. Huh? Interesting. So, so as you go, you you're looking for like landmarks, and you're looking for like weird, and it's also like kind of cryptic too, right? You got to decipher things, like. So, uh, at the start line, not, not before, not the night before, not the day before, but at the start line, you're given the sheet, right? And that's the last thing you get before it's like, all right, race is on. So you can't predetermine a route. You can't be like, oh, we'll go here and make a res- hotel reservation here because we know we're going to be there. So it's you. You're just doing this all on the fly, um, and you're trying to figure out like what these things are, right? right. So they're very, uh, very basic clues. Sometimes it's like, oh, take a picture next to the big banana. So you have to like find out where the big banana is, or so it's like an exercise in googling, also. Right? Yes, uh, right. it's a lot of like detective work. So it's it's good team building. Um, TTR has gotten really close together because of it uh and there's a lot of strategy based or you know built into it so are, are, do you guys like go somewhere and then like sit down and figure it out or are you talking on like headphones and like on the fly figuring this out or like what's uh, your first hour of the of the uh excursion <laughs> uh ttr's first hour is always a trip to home depot always <laughs> okay. so there's a home depot right by the 18th street bridge uh, where we used to start, so we'd always go there and like get a couple essentials, um, get some coffee, and then like kind of like plan out our first route. Uh, so you're trying to figure out the landmarks right away, right? Right. So Chicago's always been on the list, so we always knock out Chicago really easily. Most people do. Yeah. Um, but we do have uh, helmet communicators, like okay. chatterboxes. Nice. Um. And that helps a lot, so we can kind of... One, you can listen to music and not go insane. But two, you can talk to each other. Uh, the first year, we just used a whiteboard. Small whiteboard. <laughs> no way. Yeah. <laughs> and just, like, kind of communicate. Just writing down on the whiteboard? Yep. <laughs> so, like, the passenger would show the driver. Yeah. Hungry? For, like, directions and... <laughs> like, gotta go to the bathroom. Yep. <laughs> no, in the years that... Uh... Uh, Chop Top was like really cold. I'm surprised that no one tried to get a sponsorship from Milwaukee Tools to get some of those battery powered jackets. I wish I had one of those right now. <laughs> I'm wearing two That's hoodies and a Grid Life like rain jacket. Not a bad idea, but um, those things are actually expensive. I looked yeah. into one. They're pretty. That's rad why out. none of us have done it. Yeah, I think they're a couple hundred dollars. So the coolest setup that I saw last year, I think, was it was a BM. It pulls in, and they're from Michigan. It was a BMW E30 over top of a Ford Explorer chassis. Correct. So it looked like an off-road E30, right? Yeah. And they had they had ducted all the heat, uh, and I think it had, like, the, the Ford Explorer 5-liter V8 and everything. Yep. And the heater box had, like, a bunch of, like, flexible vacuum hoses coming out of it, like one inch, an inch and a half hoses. Yep, and, and they you would, just shove that right in your suit. They'd shove it into their snowmobile yep. suits. <laughs> Those dudes are probably sweating, man. Yeah. It was so brilliant. That was always my idea, but we just never did it. Yeah. It's such a brilliant um, setup. So it wouldn't, wouldn't help us right now. There's a loophole in that build. That E30 was a convertible. Okay. But 
since you're, it was a it was like a on an Explorer chassis. Okay. Yeah, you're not allowed to actually yeah. start with a convertible, right? Yeah. Okay. But we like those guys. We always just give them a hard time. They're good competition. Bunch of cheaters. Yeah. Uh, so E250 GTR. That's a that's um, a really really cool truck car and thing. I uh, I did not see them on the registration list. So I think TTR is the only five term team. Oh, they've been to every one, huh? Yeah. So how, how do you uh, how do you get how do you get to know everybody? Is there, there's like nightly stops and meetups, right? Uh, last year was the first mandatory mid rally meetup. Okay. So you uh, had prior a, to that, it you was had a, a lot waypoint of, in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Prior to that, uh, you were meeting a lot of teams at the kickoff party on Thursday night before. Yeah, which is always a great time. The best time. That party is wild. <laughs> I've I've caged two cars at that party. I mean, quote unquote cage, but yeah. Yeah, a lot of my, I got a lot of my friends' bands to play that. Yeah, it's been fun. It's always really loud too. Yeah, lots of, lots of Little Caesars pizza, lots of free beer from Revolution. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you meet a lot of teams there and like talk about the builds, and we're there for probably about five or six hours. Yeah, so. it usually goes pretty late. Enough time to like kind of settle in and talk to everybody. Um, and then yeah, sometimes you meet up with other teams along the route. Uh, Last year was fun because we did a mid that mid rally meetup. We did karaoke at like a bar or whatever. Yeah, hotel bar. Yeah, it nice. was a lot of fun, um, and it it was cool because it gave you some time to like um, reorganize, but also get sneaky. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. Okay, get sneaky. Um, whatever. Because all means. the teams are in one spot, so okay. you can like. Trying over here when the next team is leaving. Oh, or, you're spying on people. Yeah. How like how competitive uh, is it points wise? Like how close is like the finishing points? There's always like three tiers. So the top tier is two or three teams, maybe four, that are like um, in deep competition, and then you got this middle pack that's like having fun but getting points along the way. Yep. And then you also have the bottom tier which is like people who just want to do it to do it they don't care about the points they just want to do it meet people um what was the team from michigan uh they had a ek civic the first year save the tatas i think they would literally go from start to finish as fast as they could not get any points (laughs) just go for like the finish party and just get there as fast as they can yeah it sounds nice. Get to the warm place as fast as you can. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of different mindsets, but they all work because you're all doing the same thing. The uh, uh, have you seen the RV? The Itasca Disaster is the uh, the name of the team. Oh, and it's such a disaster, dude! It looks they they took an RV and they cut the whole roof off. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's like a living room with no roof. What what class is that RV? Uh, that would be a class, class C. C, actually, okay. yeah. So a little smaller than yours, Abe, right? Yep. Yeah, it looks like a pretty small one, too, yeah. Like, it was an old Dodge, I think, uh, uh, Itasca, but it's, a, it's such a wild build. I don't know if those dudes have ever done that before. Do you know? Do you know no. if they've done Chop Top? No. That's a new team. Okay, cool. And that's our first RV. It's so wild. I, that sounds, like, all of it sounds sketchy, but a chopped off roof in an rv sounds especially sketchy i feel like the walls will just be like because the walls are basically noodles yeah Yeah, they're they're noodles so that'll be interesting um i know that the people riding in it are going to be very unpleasant the entire time they're they're not going to have a good time no not at all no but that's the fun of it what's the thought behind that uh because there's no wall there's nothing to like hide behind right yeah it's big and open yeah you're basically um, riding on a flat deck trailer. Yeah, yeah. But they're gonna have like PlayStation and a TV. Oh yeah, <laughs> they'll keep you mildly distracted. How do you think it's gonna be different coming starting in Louisville versus? Um, Chicago? I, I've been since I found out. I've been joking around that this is like beginner route, quote unquote. Right. Because uh, we're already halfway down the country, uh, but it'll be fun. Uh, starting that much farther down gives us. An opportunity to go farther east or west, right before the finish point. The um, uh, uh, the amount of teams this year is it similar to the other years? Like, how many generally are there? 
Uh, it sold out last year, didn't it? Yeah, last year was the first sellout. Last year was the first year that there was a cap. So it was a 25 team cap. Right. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of people last year. There's, I think there's 25 plus this year. There might be a couple extra teams in it. And I believe there's a wait list. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. My, I remember that there's like there's some cool stuff in the the like bylaws or whatever you want to call them, um, where like the ownership of Chop Top changes, right? Uh, this is yes, this is the first year that there's new ownership. Uh, so is that every four years, or? I mean, this is the first time it's changed hands. So, oh man, if it will run like presidential terms, there may have to be a re-election, or who knows. Yeah, why did uh, this is all new territory? So it started out originally um, in 2009. We did the Grassroots Motorsports Challenge, and we took a CRX that Luke Wilcox had like daily driven and then given to his brother. And then they randomly cut the roof off, um, but they left the windshield. We took that down as our as our parts car because it was a B16 swapped CRX. Um, and our, our like primary car was Guddy, the CRX that had a LS and a turbo in it, but they shared like a trans and they shared like a lot of ECU stuff. And so it was literally like a rolling parts shell. If something happened to Guddy, we would like pillage the CRX. Right. Um, but that's, it started out as Luke and his brother taking that down to Florida for like spring break or something. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, and then they cut the windshield off and did it again. And then in the next year, I think they did Chop Top Challenge. Correct. They, like, started the rally. Yeah, so they they chopped the, the windshield. No, the windshield broke at Honda Meet. Yeah, and then, they cut it all, on it. and then they cut it all the way off, yeah. Cut it off instead yeah. of replacing it. Drove it to Miami for spring break. So crazy. And then I think on the way back, they uh, We're basically fully like, devised the plan. This is a thing. Yeah, yeah they had, like, the best time because it's basically like riding a motorcycle the entire way. Well, but, they... Having the best time comes from yeah. not only the the point of view experience, uh, but it's whenever you park to get gas or get uh-huh. food, and people just walk up to you and like, what's what are you doing? What's going on? <laughs> so you meet all these people yeah, that you would never so talk to in your life. That that part intrigues me. I just don't want to spend five days riding around getting cold. But this year probably won't be that cold. But. It'll be a little nicer this year. Um, but yeah, so you meet all these people. And you're telling the story, and then they tell people this story. But you're like, it's the interactions you have. Uh, I think in the four years that TTR has done it, we had one bad experience. What was it? Uh, it was in St. Louis last year, I believe. Yeah, it was last year. And we stopped at this bar that was on the list, and they wanted nothing to do with us. <laughs> They like the people they didn't at the care bar? why we were there. They were like, what, hey, "Which way do I have to go here, guys?" Fifty-seven still. Uh, I believe <laughs> we're getting lost. I'm getting lost. Looking it up. In I the, actually uh, don't this, know. This is just chop top practice for me. Yeah. Uh, Fifty-seven right. South. Fifty-seven still. Yeah. Confirmed. Confirmed. Not sixty-four St. Louis. Nope. Sweet. That so is. the people at the bar did not want to hang out with you. No. Well, I. Maybe it didn't help that Alex walked in with his evil Knievel suit. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, uh, that was like our only yeah. bad interaction with a stranger. Yeah, that's uh, weird. Otherwise, everybody's so stoked to like hear our story. And they're like, oh, can we take a picture with you? I want to tell somebody about this. It is like the most unique thing. It's so unique. Because we're, I mean, we're driving through, you know, backwater towns that would never see anything like this nobody ever sees anything like that yeah (laughs) the uh um last year uh getting me to ride in a chop top was like one of the challenges i guess (laughs) and because i had always told luke that i would never do it like i'm just not doing it uh mainly because i'm a small child and stuff like that but um so Chris and uh, Chris from Gridlife and was it Sean and who else? Gabe. No, it wasn't Gabe. No, it was uh, Dave. Uh, was yeah, David. But- Butchery was there. Yeah. yeah, he was only there for part of the trip. Oh, and then it was um, Greg Busell. Yeah, Greg. 
Greg Busell? Uh, yeah. Question mark? Yeah, <laughs> Busell? And so they they found me at a job site and made me ride around in the chop shop. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh it's an interesting it's an interesting experience. That chop shop chop top is still in my building too. It needs to leave. But what uh, what's the status of the chop top Cayenne? Oh yeah, so they were in a Cayenne. They were in a 2004 or something Porsche Cayenne. Yep. And we cut the windshield off, and I was actually pretty proud of the roll cage on that one. That like was a better. Yeah. Ro- it was like a better chop top roll cage. Well, because Chris uh, has a grand vision for that thing. Yeah, and that was part of it. Yeah, it, it, we'll see where it goes, but um, that that was a shockingly heavy roof too when we cut it off. Oh yeah. So I always get roped into the build of these things, and I never get to do the thing. But um, how long do I stay in fifty seven here? By the way, for a while. Uh, you're on it for a while. Okay. I always get roped into these builds, um, and I always like do them for like the cost of the tubing because I'm an idiot. But uh, this year I vowed to not do a chop top cage. I'm not doing another one. <laughs> I just don't have the time. But uh, that was a shockingly heavy roof. We used a crane at a body shop to, to lift it off. It was pretty cool. It was like an engine hoist out of the ceiling, you know, like a gantry crane. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a. It was weird to cut the roof off of, like, what used to be a pretty nice vehicle. Uh, but turned into, like, the worst, reliability-wise, it was the worst vehicle of all time. And it wouldn't pass emissions because it needed, like, $12,000 in work to, like, pass emissions yeah and so that was kind of what what happened to it but yeah that's yeah. i mean so ttr we bought the amg just to cut the roof off of it yeah so i'm like showing everybody oh look at this car that we bought Check out the sick amg we just bought right knowing that we were going to cut it up that, that's people like, like aspire to own one yeah like that's still a nice car you yeah. found the worst one but those are still pretty nice cars so yeah so it's kind of a weird feeling I believe but, it. I believe it. Especially the limo. The limo was just fun to drive as a limo. Well, the limo had to be, like, it's so cartoonish. Like, it had to be less intimidating for people to see it because they're like, oh, just look at that crazy limo. That's what should be done with those. Right. But when you see, like, a semi-modern AMG Mercedes, it's not what you would expect. It takes you a little bit more off guard. But, yeah. Uh, the limo, it like it almost looks like it should not have a roof. It's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so since we started Chop Top, I've it's just second nature now to look at cars and be like, oh, I kind of see what it'd be like without a roof. <laughs> so you start to pick out cars that have good window lines, I like windowsill it. lines. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, if I just cut it there, angle it up there, it'll look really cool. <laughs> actually, a cosmetic appearance is something you actually look for, right? Yeah. Uh, your, your, uh, your AMG had a really cool uh, bunch of uh, paint done to it and the guy the guys painted it at the party uh how do you know those dudes like they're like um, legit artists yeah so i have now two friends that have painted the first year was just my buddy uh matt um he's a long time street artist in chicago yeah really really uh, kind of all over too. the country actually um and we had this plain white van first year and i was like I know people that would paint this. Yeah, let's get it painted. Yeah. Let's go for some style. So he did it, and it was great. And that's like what caught a lot of people's attention. Um, so I asked him to do it again, again the next year, and it's just been tradition. Yeah. So he's painted it every year. Him and my buddy Birdo. And now uh, I think we're going to do a little something different this year, but they'll still be involved. The. Uh the route this year does sound and now I'm thinking like maybe I do want to do this someday but uh, yeah, being a little bit warmer especially when I'm as cold as I am right now but uh, that does sound pretty nice yeah you're uh, actually the year you should have done it was the year that uh, I think it was everybody hopped in Pete McDaniel's van oh yeah 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 there yeah. was Pete in there um, yeah they did they had the a creators cha- they had a chase vehicle yeah it was a, like an RV. Uh, it was a sprinter that he turned into an RV. And then that, Joe, Joe and his wife just lived in that too, yeah, right? Yeah, like the, six months. Yep. Um, the like, what's the typical day in a chop top? Like you chop top rally? Like you guys stay in a hotel or what are you guys doing? Uh, our team typically stays in a hotel. Um, we usually do one night where we sleep in the chop top because that's on the list. Okay. Uh, but we usually save that for southern states. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> um. Yeah, typical day is 
four to five hours of sleep at a hotel. That's all? That's all. Like I mean, not, when we were competitive. You're, you're like, really pushing, huh? Yeah. You say that like that's not very much sleep. That's literally every grid life. No, life. I know, but, like, they're, they're like, on... They're not actually hosting something. They're, like, on vacation of sorts, but... <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, we usually... The day before, you know, we're driving, stopping at a couple cities along the way, check in a hotel, and then immediately go back out and cover the city that we just checked into. Right. Go get some sleep, wake up, cover every, anything that we missed in that town, and then just right back on the road to the next town. Rinse and repeat. Uh, uh, like, how long are these days? Like, you're going, like, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. or 7 a.m. to midnight? Or what are you doing? Seven, usually 8 a.m. to midnight. Yeah. We're driving. It's so wild. And the <laughs> only time we're stopping is in cities, and usually there's a food challenge, so that's our meal. Okay. What's and a then, food challenge? Uh, Give me an example of a food challenge. Eat a cheeseburger at Johnny's okay. in Kansas. Right. Or Kansas City. You know, there's always... Almost always uh, one food item per list or per city. So it must take forever to to figure out these challenges too. Yeah, uh, two years ago, Joe and Luke uh, farmed out cities to people. Okay. So other people could put their suggestions in and kind of build that city challenge. That makes have they pre-ran the whole rally before and made things or no? no? It would be too much. Like, you couldn't do it. Yeah. It's all by Google Map. It would have to take a month to do it. You know? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, what a crazy thing. That's, uh... So sometimes there's a place that's closed by the time we get there? Like, permanent? Oh, yeah. permanently? Like, out of business? Yeah. <laughs> so you just can't get those points. Yeah. Interesting. Sometimes you can get half points if you, like, take a picture in front of it. Yeah. Um, uh, what, like, what is the, the points tally like is it like a million points is it 50 points like what do you get it's usually tens of thousands <laughs> okay so, so so you're talking pretty high numbers here yeah um do you know what the most somebody has accumulated has been i'd have to look but it's probably what was that <laughs> something fell over there <laughs> uh, take this um Fifty or sixty thousand, right? Might have been the top so far. Okay, I'd have to go back and look. Um, you could probably find all of this information on Chop Top Challenges Instagram. So just at Chop Top Challenge, it, you can find all the posts. It's such an underground, like weird punk rock thing, too. Like you guys don't even want to. Like this is the this is we're probably telling too many people about it. Probably right now. But we have talked about it in the past a little bit. But yeah, I'm gonna um, need one of those Men in Black mind erasers yeah. for all these people. Nobody, n nobody, tell your friends, right? Don't, <laughs> don't tell your friends. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting way to kill a week. Yeah, like five so, days or whatever. And you that's that's also how all the teams submit their points is through Instagram. Okay. So you just take a picture, you make a team Instagram, take a picture of the challenge. Yeah. And then at Chop Top Challenge in the comments so they can see it. So it's very professional points keeping. <laughs> it's got to be a lot of Instagramming by the by the the uh, the officials. That's that would take a while. Yeah, um, um, and that's usually what we're doing between cities. Driving is um, figuring out you know, where you're going and also like documenting what you did. Yeah, you've got a navigator, so like you got somebody that's planning the next city right. on the way and finding a best route and then you have somebody that's uploading all the pictures for the points from that city yeah so it's it's good team building the the uh the route always uh, you you always drive it twice too because you've always taken the the chop top home but not everybody does that right no some people give them away or sell them or some people sell them uh some people donate them yeah um, What's that GPS saying? Somebody GPS. What's up? I, I thought I heard somebody GPS telling us to take a turn or something. No, nah, just keep heading towards okay. Memphis. All right. Yeah. Got a while. Some people don't want to drive twice, so they don't bring it back. But uh, yeah, but then those suckers can't drive their car at Honda Meet. Yeah, yeah, they are missing out. We've had a lot of chop tops in Honda Meet. Uh, 
That's usually kind of the uh, uh, chop top reunion, let's call it. Yeah, yeah, and and something gets destroyed. Usually, it's the exhaust on one of them, or like the radiator, or because they've put forty people on it, and there's ten, <laughs> there's like two kegs. And uh, one of them almost rolled down a berm. Yep. Right? The limo, I think. Yep. It almost rolled over on the berm. Um, yeah, uh, I think that was actually in the background of a Levi Brown show I did. <laughs> 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 like everybody's screaming and almost rolling over. Now, um, I remember uh, in the Chopped Up limo, you guys did a uh, a really funny, like, semi-truck style exhaust with the little flap on the top. Oh, yeah. And it was painted like a, a mouth. With teeth, yeah. And so we were just talking about that today at Walmart. Yeah, we were. (laughs) Awesome. So like when the car's running, the the mouth is like flapping up and down, and it's making (laughs) clanky noise. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's so cool. All right. Well, well, how do people find out about Chop Top Challenge? Did you search it on Instagram? Uh, ChopTopChallenge.com is the website. Or Instagram is at ChopTopChallenge. It's so silly. It's the silly. This year we are going March 18th to March. 22nd or 23rd. Okay. And where's the destination? Uh, starts in Louisville, ends in Key West. Yeah, that sounds nice. All the pina coladas, all the Jimmy Buffett shirts. Sounds rad. I can't wait. I can't wait to be warm. I want to be in Key West right now. Literally, like, it's so cold out right now. I think it's seven degrees. And, like, the, the warm air coming out of the vents is just not warm anymore. Nah. Like, it's got, it's maybe 50 degrees. It's so cold. My nose is so cold. Yeah, I know. It's stupid. Uh, how far into the, the show are we? Did we do a full show already? 50 minutes. We did a full show already. Yay. All right. Um, we'll so probably end up cross-posting this on C-Class and Slip Angle because yeah. we had a lot of RV talk here. Yeah, we did have a lot of RV talk. <laughs> Abe, how's your RV doing? Uh, parked. Yeah. I think the battery's dead. Uh, okay. After someone stole my catalytic converter, mm-hmm. I had to use like the emergency jump start button, which uses the house batteries to, oh, okay. to start it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, battery's probably just like tired it's only got one battery right um the the main battery for the van yeah yeah it's not a dual battery like a diesel right okay so i'll probably replace that in the spring uh my dad's barn just got like finished up yeah so what i'm probably going to do in the next couple of weeks is load the civic up on the dolly and drive the rv up there yeah um and then drive the car back isn't how far away from you is the rv parked right now normally uh I mean, it's it's right across the street from where I work, so it's okay. about 15 minutes from my house. Uh, but your dad's like two hours away, right? Yeah, yeah. but it'll be covered. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, like, if the roof uh, gets a leak, it won't destroy everything, so. Yeah. Is is uh, is your dad's place on the way to many events? Um, like, sort of? It's like, if I were going to Gingerman, it's probably 30 minutes each way off the route. Okay, so it's like... Sort of on the way. Sure. So you could literally just drop it off and like bring the stuff you need to take and then go get the RV and leave, right? Yeah, yeah, I could do that. That's not so bad. Uh, but worth uh, it for the benefits. Yeah, mm. definitely um, worth it for months of indoor storage, though. Yeah. So, so I, I expect that we'll end up using the RV at NCM, and yeah. So I, I don't know. It's only that's only two months away. I know that's weird. Shh. That's well, speaking <laughs> of NCM. We had uh, another one of our RV buddies, Mr. Hotown, Jimmy Hotown. Uh, he he was there today. Did you see that? I did see that. Yeah, he's driving at NCM today, his, te- that, testing his brand new car. That TSX uh, sounds rowdy. Yeah, it does, man. Uh, he's going he's going down to Coda right now. I bet Derek is gonna uh, like foam at the mouth looking for a dyno sheet for that car. So uh, he that they locked the cams in VTEC on that thing. So at idle, it sounds like a pro stalker. Uh, Hell yeah. yes. We got to do a show with him about the build on this car. It's a six-week build. Uh, about, it's a TSX, which is yeah. awesome anyway. But ten weeks ago, um, he, he he and I had been talking like for six months about, you know, like what car. He wanted to build one forever. He wanted to build a GLTC car. He just didn't know what it was going to be, right? And then I found this car, a buddy of uh, a buddy of mine, Nick Zabalaki. He's building this TR- TSX, and it kind of like just got away from him and he he was busy with life and stuff and so he parted the he was going to part the whole car out or sell it as a package cheap and uh, he was like man i don't even know like where to list this or whatever and i was like i have a friend who wants to build a car this might be the one and so i i just connected the two of them they didn't know each other but uh, it turned out to be the car he built and he they literally picked it up like six weeks ago 
Uh, and him, crazy. him and his crew just crushed it. I can't wait to see it. So, um, if NASCAR, or I'm sorry, if Acura entered NASCAR, That's what this is what like. it would look like. Yeah, and it, it is so it badass, is so cool. Wide body front fenders from like Russia or Czechoslovakia or something. And yeah, we're we. Uh, did you bring your Apex Pro? I did. In my mad rush, I forgot mine. So at least you brought yours. I did. Um, yeah. We had we had quite a busy morning. I left it where I would see it, and then I shut the door to the bathroom uh, and didn't grab it. So I think I also might have forgot deodorant. Uh, but uh, yeah, Apex Pro. I'm gonna try to. We're gonna try to put those. Uh, we have your Apex Pro. We're gonna put it in a bunch of cars. Weird. So, yeah. It's oh, a bunch of crushed cars on a yeah. Uh, those cars don't. Trailer. Those cars look like they have chopped tops too. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. So yeah, Apex Pro. You and uh, you and Andrew from Apex Pro had a big old talk on yeah. Uh, we Facebook did like a, we did a Facebook Live um, where like he was kind of leading a podcast, but we'll end up probably posting it on this show just because it was us like screwing around. Yeah, we should try um, to do a podcast with him uh, this weekend maybe while we're together too. We so. uh, although uh, you're going to be with him next weekend. Right? Yeah, we 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 did like ninety minutes of recording on Facebook Live. But I bet we were on the phone for almost three hours. He so, like walked like, you through how everything works and uh, like like what did what did y'all learn about the uh, Apex Pro? It's awesome. Uh, it does seem pretty awesome. And like, <laughs> I, I I think the big thing is um, compared to some other services like other devices. Yeah. Not needing a laptop to do your race analysis for cool. me is awesome. Well, just the fact that it would make people like potentially use it more and the software seems pretty powerful still. So, yeah. Uh, so like in terms of ease of use, having an iPad, I think would make things like just about perfect, but you can do it on a smartphone. You can do it on a smartphone, yeah. um, but you just have a much bigger screen on an iPad. It's right. super convenient. And like all of the devices in my house are, are Apple devices anyway. Right. And so like it for, for using race studio, for example, if, if you need a windows machine to do that, it, it's actually kind of a pain in the ass to source that computer. Yeah. Um, and so using an iPad, super convenient. And like the fact that you have the track map up, um, you basically see, you know, all your entries, all your G's, all that stuff along with your speed versus distance trace. Yeah. So, like, everything's kind of synced together was, I thought, really cool. Yeah. it. Uh, I can't wait to dive more into it. I probably won't get in, into it as much as uh, you have because your brain is more technological than mine is. But I'm going to learn from you. So I'm looking forward to just playing with the lights, really. Um, yeah, he said... I want to uh, trust the lights. In general... Um, so the, the the device basically resets every time you shut it off. Right. So um, in terms of, like, getting really, really usable information from the lights, it takes about a lap or so, a lap and a half at race speed Yeah. yeah. To, to start to give you coaching, basically, which is... Yeah, because uh, it has to learn, like, the capability of the car. Yeah, again, it's then, basically yeah. learning what the limit of traction is based yeah. on accelerometers and a, a bunch of fancy math. Yeah. And so um, it's it's basically if you're below the limit, it's telling you drive faster, basically. And yeah. then if you start to go above the limit, you know. Right. And so it's what it's trying to get you to do is like just be right on that line. Yeah, find the potential of the car. So so I, I thought it was really cool. Well, and they've uh, they've got a huge customer base out there, and like it it seems pretty legit, man. So. Uh, yeah, uh, check them out at apextrackcoach.com. We appreciate their support. And, you can uh, find their stuff on oh, yeah. tracktune.com. How does it work? They can buy straight through our site, right? Like Correct. The, the link through our site? Yep. Uh, cool. We've got a button on uh, tracktune.com where uh, you get a kind of a nice bundle and um, you get some discounted stuff and you and, get some free coaching from Andrew. And, and you can support us by doing it, so... Uh, if you are thinking about buying one, uh, check it out straight through tracktune.com. So. so we are planning to have some units available for demo at events and also maybe purchase. hopefully a few yeah. for purchase, too. And um, we think this is going to be a pretty cool setup. Yeah. No, I, ever since I talked to them, I talked to Andrew like two years ago, I thought that's it's just like so different, too. It's a unique uh, approach to data, and it's very different. So And the lights are yeah. so bright good i need that they're so unbelievable it, it might be a problem at night uh, at nighttime racing i might need to might need to dim the the lights if we do night racing this year which we might do at two events so 
Uh, we might have a we might have a nighttime element at PPIR for grip cars also. So that we'll sounds awesome. Anyway, well, we're going down to Coda still, and it's still freaking cold. It's gonna be a long, long night. <laughs> it's gonna be maybe the longest night of my life. Yeah, we're uh, how, we're probably how are those foot gonna, warmers. Uh, they're mildly effective. Yeah, all right, I'm doing all right. Better than no foot warmers. We're probably gonna stop this show, reset, readjust. I'm gonna sit on a pillow because this uh, you're on a cold this, this I- deck chair that I'm sitting yeah. on is freezing. You're on a cold IKEA chair. All the heat's going out your butt. Yeah, so. and. Uh, then we'll probably start it back up. Yeah, if we if we decide to talk about more things, you'll hear but you'll hear me complaining in the next show about how cold I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddies. Thanks uh, thanks for being on the show, Mike. Thank you. All right, buddies. We'll see you. See you. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the Pits City Grid Live to say hello.